This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is on speed. It's our city, it's our podcast, it's our community, it's our people. It's all my friends sitting around the table for the Boston Podcast. Welcome. My name is David Yaz. I'm the host of this crazy ship of fools. And with us is the usual panel of charming young individuals, including Sarah Worley, who's um, looking ever-fetching and full of life, as usual. You have um, Max, who I think I may permanently rename you Max Power. Wait, listen to Homer. Okay, that's enough of that. Homer is unbefitting of me, but Max Power, I like it. But, yeah, Max Power, okay. You can live with that? Good. Yeah. And then, of course, Monica Singh, who... um, it's kind of down in the dumps today, so if you could send all your good mojo listening audience. Wait, listen to the theme song, hold on. This is not, I didn't time that well, did I? Okay, you get the point. Yeah. All right, but most importantly, our guest here today is Joe LeMay. Joe is uh, a local boy, grew up in, wait, I want to get it right, you live in Melrose now, you grew up in Chelmsford. Grew up in Chelmsford. Okay. Work in Boston. Good. Yeah. And, um... I can hear him. Can you hear him? Our producer. Um, no, you don't have the headphones. We, we always on. have issues with people tech. not being close enough to the uh, the one microphone that the Boston podcast. <laughs> it's, <laughs> excuse, it's a low budget production. Did you pitch in for a high tech microphone that I might or might not have purchased at Radio Shack before it went bankrupt? Um, and by the way, it looks like it belongs on like uh, on Ed Sullivan's desk. That's what yeah, I like about fancy. it. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Old fashioned. Um, So Joe LeMay is the CEO and co-founder of Rocket Innovations, which we're going to hear all about today. Um, But he and his family have been in the news recently because of a a story which is both sort of striking, heartwarming, and I don't know, I guess emotional, it's fair to say. And, And Joe just was talking to us off the air here telling us he's just... He's very open. His family's very open about um, his family. And lest I keep you in further suspense, well, is it okay if I tell the story? I'm looking at you, Sarah, show producer. You, you Am I doing good? Do I'm going to do the short part, then I'm going to turn it over to you. Who makes decisions so, around here? Yeah, <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much Dave. Uh, yeah, maybe, no, I, I, maybe Joe can tell the story. He can, but I, I think it, it warrants a uh, you know the headline okay. and then the you know the meat, well, the meat and potatoes. Can, maybe we can hear how Sarah you were compelled to 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 bring Joe to us. Maybe that. that I was going to get to that. that was, can I just say one sentence? All right, cut. <laughs> Start this all over. Again. No, it's perfect. This is what a conversation <laughs> is. Sometimes it's messy. That's life. Joe and his wife have. Um, a wonderful, spirited five-year-old son. Is he five or is he six? He's six now. He's six now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Named Jacob. And Jacob is a transgendered person. He was born a girl named Mia. And right around uh, the age of four, you made the decision to, I want to get the terminology right, to transition to transition mm-hmm. um, Mia to Jacob, the fine young man he is. And so it, um, and your story, you've been very open about it, so, you, so it's been on the news and such, but... Um, how did I do, Sarah? You did really well. Okay. Can I can I just talk I would like you to add because Joe you're the one who you're my... the one who introduces Joe to us yeah, here. So, so Joe and I uh, speak for both of us. Um, I think we're really fortunate. We we work in the same building and we work in a space that lends itself to people from different companies meeting, usually in the kitchen. Usually. Um, usually. So um, I had one of those days that was like the day Monica's having today. Um, I wandered in the kitchen, Joe and his partner were there, and um, we got into a very quick conversation, you know, what do you do, what do you do? And my answer was, well, I shatter people's dreams all day long, that's what I do as a lawyer, so how about you? in and fairness, you're a mediator, so what you do is you true. unite, bring people together so they can achieve their dreams and move away from their problems. That's how I that often feel about it. That's that not how brochure, other sweetie. people sometimes feel about it. But in any event, um, you know, Joe started talking to me about his product, which he's going to talk about more, I hope, today, Rocket Book, which is absolutely fascinating. 
But because um, I should have brought more. Yeah. That's okay. We'll share. Yeah. I'm holding well, a rocket book right now. Except that one's mine, so we're gonna so not. You, you, you we're gonna share to, it while you can it hold it. It used to be yours. Okay, but, please um, continue. So, the way I find things go when you have people of a certain age, as you're chatting about work or about life, you you get to family, and we pretty quickly in a conversation got to, um, you know, so how many kids do you have? What do they do? What do they like? And um, you know the the family story that Joe and his wife and children are living is, as you put it, it's it's heartwarming, it's fabulous, it's scary. Mm. Um, and considering what's going on in the country, what's going on in the Commonwealth around Massachusetts right now, I think it's a really, really important story. And I was so delighted that he was able to be here today because he should tell it. Mm-hmm. Well. Where do we begin? I, yeah, thanks. So, Joe. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, well, what's the question? Thanks for joining us on the Boston Podcast. And Joe, you've yeah. been you've been kind. And, and no, tell. Let, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So, so Mia is born. I saw the pictures. Uh, a beautiful little girl. Yeah. And at some point, you notice that, uh, and she's got two sisters, right? You have you have, uh, yeah. you have uh, two daughters. So, you know, first I had Ella, um, who is just like. A ballerina. You know, <laughs> she's just the striking, gorgeous beauty and just amazing and typical girl. Was into princesses until lately. And I think she's uh, she's moved on from princesses and she wants to be an author and she doesn't take princesses seriously anymore. So <laughs> she's seven now, so she's pretty pretty mature, right? Pretty advanced. But, uh, I'm 36 and I love princesses. <laughs> and, uh, and I had, um, who at the time we were calling Mia, mm-hmm. right? And um, who is now Jacob. So to be, you know, correct about these things, it's, it's right to, to acknowledge that a person who is a, a transgender man was always a man. Okay. Um, Sorry or, about that. Right. Oh, no, no, no. They sure. don't have to tread carefully around here. I'm okay. here to kind of talk about this stuff. No, it's and, good. And not have to, uh, for people to be, have to care about being politically correct and okay. as they ask me questions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we had what we thought was a daughter, Mia, right? And um, amazing little child. Uh, just, I, you know, early on, I when uh, I'll, I'll say she, you know, we, yeah. we called her uh, Mia, and, and uh, I called her my little Buddha baby. She was like mm. this happiest, most sweet little thing. And then sometimes I would call her uh, the honey badger because she <laughs> was just so rough and tumble and nothing could phase her. She'd fall down the slide and <laughs> scrape her head and like look up, cry, but in two minutes just with scrapes all over her face, be happy again, you know, it's just, um, she just could keep on going, and she, she, she was just different than Ella, right, and I always said, I think Ella's my ballerina, and maybe Mia will be my rugby player, yeah. right, and there's just something a little different about her, um, I also have a, a younger daughter, Lucia, and she's amazing, she's just, uh, just, just awesome, but she's younger than Jacob, yeah, she's so three. Jacob's in the middle, okay. Jacob's in the middle, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was a curious thing that started happening that mm-hmm. Mia um, started just kind of showing that she had a much different style. She when was that? What age was that? As soon as she could talk. You know, even maybe even a little bit before some, some things that only now when you look back at it, mm. can you kind of see that maybe that was her s- sort of expressing her, herself in that way. Or, um, and so, like, the, the first thing, always needing to change clothes right so and avoiding anything that was girlish and starting to say no I want boyish things I, I don't like these girlish clothes and so you know we were, it, it just seemed like we had a tomboy on our hands right yeah. right in, in this yeah. two shall pass and it's not gonna be a big deal you know just like everyone right um, but it just intensified mm. where um, we're really a very happy kid uh, was starting to realize that the world did not agree with how, now I'll transition to say the word he, mm-hmm. he viewed himself. Interesting. Um, and it's very hard for even me to appreciate that a child that young can have really much of an opinion, mm-hmm. never mind a firm stance about their gender identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, only now, you know, with my youngest, Lucia, uh, when she was two and a half or three, I started to notice her start to see the wheels turning when she said, oh, he's a boy and I'm a girl. And it wasn't just her saying, oh, that's a ball and that's a cup. Like she's starting to really take this in. And only now have I, now that I've seen Jacob, have I, do I start to appreciate that kids 
identify their own gender identity far sooner than you might imagine. Mm -hmm. And for all of us, right, it was a non-event. When we sort of internalized, Mm -hmm. just I don't remember uh, my first ice cream, Mm -hmm. right? But if it was a shit ice cream, I would have remembered it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so for Jacob, um, as he was starting to get his mind around gender and what people expect of him and all this, he started to realize, you know, something's wrong here. So every little milestone was sort of wrong, backwards for him or something. He got a pink gift for his birthday. I mean, it was was like, come on. Like, you could see the disappointment in his eyes and things like that. Um, And then more and more wanting to, you know, every game um, that he played with his sisters, you know, they'd play pretend games and he'd want to pretend that he's a boy, things Mm -hmm. like this. And then more and more becoming more, and these are these are the keys, right? Mm-hmm. Persistent, insistent, and consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And those children who just consistently show that for years, mm-hmm. right? Are, are those keywords that clinicians use, or yeah, yeah, okay. And um, another thing that's kind of frustrating about this is like you, you'd think that there were like a, a fleet of experts about this, yeah. And in the area, there are a very small. Um, handful of people who can who regularly treat um, even gender Boston. non-conforming. Like, this, is like, this, is like, this is like children, <laughs> yeah, and really have some expertise around this. Wow. Right? And so that's something that was very surprising to us. And so we went to look at. Now I would think. Now yeah. I think. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but, but it's apropos at this moment in the story. I think I, if I were you, I would be thinking. You know, not only are not a lot of people talking about this. I would wonder if it was. Um, but you started to obviously at, at some point seriously consider transitioning um, Jacob to Jacob, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I would have thought. I wonder if this has ever happened before at this young an age. Did you think that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I wondered what what happens when people transition early versus not transition. And so we, I was able to talk to quite a few adults mm-hmm. who have since transitioned, mm-hmm. and um, each one of them told me, "Yeah, I t- totally knew when I was like four. Like, totally, you know? I distinctly remember that. Hmm. Um, but it was very hard. Actually, we couldn't find anyone who actually transitioned that young. I mean, so I'm fascinated by what kind of conversations you had after your kids went to sleep with your wife, right? In the sense that how were they... That you must have been frightened and scared to even... I mean, who broached the subject first? Was it... Did you both just sort of have this moment where you had a conversation, what's going on? Or yeah. did one of you have the courage to say to the other, like, something's not right? Because obviously he was displaying certain things. Right. But how do you quantify them and how do you really get your hands around what that is? Yeah, I mean, like, I think, <clears throat> so I'll have those conversations. I think that as things were starting to progress and, um, you know, then Mia was gravitating toward more boyish clothes, and we just said, "All right, well, we'll still get her girl clothes, but let's get let her get the gray, whatever, yeah. and let her get this." And yeah. you know, she didn't look like she didn't really fit in with the boys. She didn't fit in with the girls, right? She was wearing like these girl clothes that were boyish. She kept asking to get her hair cut shorter and shorter, but it was still not. You know, it, she still yeah. looked, and um, and other things started so. You know, we'd introduce her to people as Mia, um, and this sort of preference for being a boy turned into something that, like, I watched my child mm-hmm. turn into a very happy-go-lucky kid by nature and start to show deeper and deeper symptoms of anxiety and mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. that you would only expect from a child who was, like, abused or something like that, right? I mean... Waking up at three in the morning, screaming, needing to change clothes for what will be the fourteenth time of that day. Um, introducing how does, how does that um, play out? Like, I, like the the class, class. No, no, I get that, but no, I guess that what I'm saying is, um, is that just because his brain was so tortured? Uh, because you would think one one change would be enough. Now now he's wearing something boyish instead of something girlish, but it was just... It just, it wasn't right. And, and nothing you know, seemed right. Nothing seemed yeah. right, right? Um, and then finally we settled on what was famous in our little family Facebook uh, circle when we shared photos as the doggy sweater. It was this sweater that um, has a dog on it. <laughs> it was a short sleeve sweater that then Mia 
uh, war literally every single day, no matter what, because it was the only thing that she thought in her wardrobe maybe was, you know, close to what she wanted. Um, but then as she started to really understand it, she inarticulated. Um, then Mia was saying, no, I really, I really am a boy. But at the same time, uh, knowing that, I mean, kids are not, even that young, they're not idiots, right? They know that that's not expected of them. That's not approved of. That's, right. you know, almost shameful, mm-hmm. right? She picked up on that. Um, and, and, and yeah, so then Mia would say, well, I want to be a boy at home. I want to be a boy in the grocery store, but I know I can't be a boy in school. Oh, wow. wow. Hmm. Right? Things like that. Uh, and, yeah, so as... So these conversations stopped being, uh, oh, hey, let's just, let's let Mia wear what she wants to wear and play, you know, make up these names at home and things like that and be, you know, liberal about this thing into, wait a minute, we might have a serious problem on our hands because watching our child show these, you know, if I were to introduce you then, Mia, um, she wouldn't interact with you divert her eyes away from you she'd do these weird things like maybe even like kind of bark like a dog to defer it to, like didn't like interactions with people yeah. right and it was all you know now very clear that it was it was part of this um conflict with how my child saw himself and um how other people uh you know um saw saw him so Dude, let me ask you one yep um I mean, did you have a discussion about whether it was a matter of of Mia being gay and not being transgender? Did that come up? Yeah. Right. I mean, like, this is kind of uncharted territory. Sure. Like, there's not a lot of, there's no handbook for that. Yeah. So, you know, my wife and I would talk about everything, right? Do you think maybe she, she'll just be gay? And mm-hmm. I learned a little bit about transgender people. I, I heard an NPR special where they showcased some transgender kids even before Jacob was born, right? And I remember hearing that and saying to myself, wow, that is way more complicated than being gay. Well, I, I had had no appreciation mm-hmm. for it, right? Um, and I was, you know, frankly hoping that maybe this would just be that <laughs> she was a lesbian. Right, because right? that, um, that's what's so... It's amazing the way we think these days. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that's what's so interesting to me. I mean, it's, listening to you, I mean, can, I can hear, um, you know, sort of the conflict that sounds like you guys were having because at the end of the day you just want your kid to be happy and whatever you're going to whatever your kid needs to be happy you're going to do but I imagine um, part of the thing that was really challenging was trying to figure out um, what is it right and and you're hearing all this information and not really getting resources and how do you how do you distinguish it from something else or what or other things in general I mean and so those conversations became a lot more um, focused when these symptoms of depression and anxiety got worse and worse, and um, she was doing worse and worse in school and social interactions. And um, and eventually, um, we just had to have a, a much more serious conversation that this maybe is a thing that's not going away. Are there studies about what happens when people um, transition much younger? No, because it really hasn't happened. Um, but you know what has been happening and has been happening forever is that people haven't been transitioning until they were much older, right? And we do know what happens in general in those situations is that 40%, um, about 40% of transgender people today uh, have attempted suicide. And then while you see that statistic and you are watching your child who is showing signs of being transgender be more and more um, or less and less mentally healthy, and I mean, I'm, I'm freaking out, right? Mm. And so, four and a half, right? My, he, he's four and a half, um, then she, uh, four and a half, and, uh, and my wife comes, comes back just crying one day, and it was literally the day that I, I quit my day job with a good paycheck to start, it, no, the week that I quit my day job to start a new um, startup, and so I, we have a lot going on in our house and a lot of interesting things going on, and she comes home. Monica, and she, you thought you were having a rough day. 
Yeah, there go. Yeah, and uh, sorry, go ahead. And my wife says, you know, I was at we were at the birthday party at Papa Gino's, and uh, you know, um, Mia couldn't fit in with anyone, was sitting kind of by herself. The the girls wouldn't play with her. She's looking at the boys, kind of wistfully, wishing that she could just kind of fit in there, and it was just like pathetic, right? And it's like, what's happening to our child? And realizing, you know, we've got to do something. And it was also the end of the school year and the beginning of the summer. And we said, you know what? Um, I just saw, you know, my kid's four and a half years old. I could wait another year. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we started a new school and all that stuff. Um, or we could kind of do it now. So my calculus was, all right, I could make this kid live another year in shame, mm-hmm. right? that I think would be like, you can't unscramble that egg. You can't, you can't un, undo that. Um, or we could just kind of see what happens, you know? Go into camp, cut his hair, call him Jacob. You know, that's all we're doing is getting him new clothes. Yeah. Call him. Yeah. The worst case scenario in this situation um, is that we kind of figure out that maybe it was a phase mm-hmm. and then it's kind of embarrassing and we have to tell our friends, family, and community. Mm-hmm. I just have to think that through and be like, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. if we're that embarrassed, we'll move back to a different town. That's right? Exactly. This is my kid's life is obviously at stake. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't downplay right? the courage because I think a very small percentage of parents would have had the courage yeah. to risk that kind of approbation. Um, so, and yeah, very, kind of question. So, so, very small so what, perc- what? Well, I'll say yeah. very small percentage of parents have done that. Um, I, I would say it's something that helped us was that there was one story, another um, set of parents put their kid's story up on YouTube. Um, a little bit older, I think Ryland was maybe eight or oh, nine yes. or something like that. Yes. And I'll tell you. Not not here, right? Was it no, no. California? No, no. Um, so, so I, yeah. I wish I knew okay. all of the details, but I, it was instrumental in... When you're in this situation, you feel you think maybe you're crazy, but then you see someone else who's done it and their child is thriving. You're like, all right, maybe I'm not. So, yeah. I think more and more, and that's why I'm here today, mm-hmm. right? That's why our family is has decided to uh, be completely, you know, open about this and, and educate so people who don't have transgender kids who just need to know about people who are transgender, people who might have transgender kids, to know that you know it's um, you know that maybe they're not crazy. Right, and to, to have that resource yeah. and to have that. And we've had, I mean, literally hundreds of people um, message, especially my wife on Facebook saying, you know, um, I wasn't accepting my kid or even my adult um, uh, transgender kid until we heard your story and now we kind of understand a little That's bit better, right? Wow. And to hear that people are accepting their loved ones because maybe we share a story is just crazy, right? Max, did you have so, a question? Sorry. Oh, not, not, not at yeah. all. I, I, I'm glad to hear that part of it. My, my, one of, two questions. Number one, <clears throat> what, what did he want? What, what were his asks as, you, as, as enunciated to you directly or as you could perceive mm-hmm. them? And then what was the communication like when you said, okay, we're going to do this? What did you say to him? I'll tell you, he didn't ask for it explicitly. He was just dis- disintegrating in front of my eyes. Um, we, we brought him into my office, we showed him the video of Ryland, uh, which didn't have any voiceover, it just had some text of the story, and so we re-articulated the text of the story um, to him, sort of in kid talk, and he said, play it again. Mm. And then we watched it again, and what is it? Again, again, again. Got chills. And then we talked about it. Yeah, right? And he was like... He, like it, it was just like oh my god like this is the, 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 this could happen like I could actually have a life as a as a boy it would be allowed of me, and and we were talking about it and he's like no no you don't understand I, I and that's when he said it again he's like I I, I I can't be a boy at school I know I can't be a, I want to be a boy everywhere else I know I can't be a boy at school, and you know we're all kind of crying at this point yeah. right, and I said look Jacob I knew what I needed to offer him I said what if you said, look, Jacob. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I said, look, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, look me up. I said, what if there's a new school? And you walk in, and everyone there knows you as a boy. You have a boy clothes on, a haircut. Everyone knows you as a boy. They never knew that there was a you before that, that used to be a girl and all of that. And you're just a boy to everyone. And, and he looks at me and says, um, yeah, that's what I want. Right? Oh. 
and you know we just I mean we're all crying at it's, this point yeah. right and um, and I'll tell you it was funny like when we got him ready to go to um, we you know cut his hair got him real boy clothes not just girl clothes that were like black and gray yeah. um, and my favorite color. <laughs> right. Goth. You would go on the goth. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sending him to, I think, it was camp at the time, the first time he was, and he has a new name, Jacob. Really short hair, not just this, like, bob haircut, right? And, uh, and he's practicing how he's going to introduce himself. And he's like, hi, my name's Jacob, and I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no, no, you, you probably don't need to say it that way, right? Oh, uh, it's funny though. He's so, uh, he, he so wanted to do it the right way, right? That's, that's so, cute. that's adorable. Like, no, people yeah. will assume you're a boy. You look yeah. like a boy. Right. Okay, all right. That's great. So, why don't we uh, take a break here? And uh, don't worry, we're just getting started here with Joe LeMay. We'll hear the rest of Jacob's tale. And then, of course, we will have time at the end, uh, well, at least a little time, Joe. We want you to be able to plug your business, um, Rocket oh, Innovations, and this, right with this cool yeah, new toy cool. that we want to hear how it works. So, Anyway, stay with us on the Boston Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jimmy Tingle, and you are listening to the Boston Podcast. Welcome back to the Boston Podcast. I'm David Yaz. Please check out all of our past episodes of the Boston Podcast at thebostonpodcast.com. We're talking with Joe LeMay here, who's got an amazing story about his, his family. He is the CEO of Rocket Innovations. But you're going to like this. I need to tell like a 90-second story about my son, which is, is just on my mind. I so, actually, I was thinking did, about that. It's very yeah. tangential, actually. It's, I mean, okay. it's very analogous, I think, in some ways. Well, you ways. don't know what I'm going to say. I do think you? I would do, but... I don't okay. think so. But anyway, so my son, Adrian, who I talk about all the time, who's, who's um, 17, who has autism, he's um, uh, the, the love of my life, of course. He's always going to need some help, though. And he's obsessed with the show Saturday Night Live. So every time, um, he, you know, every Sunday morning, he wakes me up at 6 a.m. and says, Dave, what he calls me Dave. Dave, watch Saturday Night Live, Dave. And then he does this thing where he imitates the host introducing the, the musical. Cause so he says, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Timberlake. Like, he loves that. I think it's so cool. <laughs> So all the things, so I've been trying for like two years to pull every string I could, and then just the other two days ago I got an email saying, Dave, if you can get down to New York on Saturday, I got two tickets for you. Yes! So, yeah, oh, yeah. Adrian and I are, are gonna on, yeah. Amazing. Well, we're not gonna be on the show. No, we're no, you're in the audience. audience. <laughs> yes, but, yes. but being on the great. audience on Saturday yes. Live is sort of like the same as being in it. It's well, like, it's it, like so it, small. I, I know it's a really tiny theater, yeah. and um, so that's why it's so hard to get tickets. Who's it's almost impossible. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Good, right? Yeah. He probably he definitely knows Seinfeld growing up in your house. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I've explained that to yeah. him, so he knows that it's Elaine, and the musical guest is Nick Jonas. He knows who Nick oh. Jonas is. So, um, so oh, perfect. So fired up, like I just can't. His eyes are gonna bug out of his head when he gets into that studio. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> you know? have a competition you, you, later on. You yeah. versus Joe LeMay, best dad ever. It's really no, it's, and if you're just joining us, which doesn't make sense since this is a podcast, but. <laughs> but, 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 but <laughs> But before the break, big, oh, like your national syndicated, if, if you just woke up, just wait. Just, yeah, we're if, here. No, it would have to be like if you just got into the car and your friend has this podcast <laughs> running. And what we would tell you is that uh, Joe's telling us the story of his his son Jacob, who's five now. Who, I'm sorry, six now, who uh, transitioned to become Jacob um, after having been born a sweet little girl named named Mia. So, but we were up to the part in the story where. Um, you uh, you know he's liberated, right? Yeah. So he's at he's at. And how far did you did you actually have to move for this? You moved. Or no, we didn't. School? We didn't actually move, and it, we we transitioned him before he actually moved school because it was summertime, right? So we transitioned him for camp. Okay. Right. Right. Um, but we were also going to transition him for school, which we did. Yeah. Right. No, um, day camp. Right. Not over, yeah, day, obviously day not overnight camp. Yeah, not overnight like, camp, camp or anything. Too little. Um, and. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, we cut his hair, new clothes, new name, Jacob, all that stuff. And did, did, did he pick the hair, the clothes, and the name? Uh, he picked the name, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we struggled for a day over the name because my wife kind of wanted to pick something that could be 
ambi- ambiguous. Maybe oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Switch Mika back might got something yeah. that's what we would call fluid-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And he said Jacob, uh, and actually kind of, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a big like um, uh, I don't know re- either religious or um, you know into coincidences, but um, so he said he wanted the name Jacob. Wow. And she, I think he had heard the name, like someone in his had visited the class and he liked it. He's like, I want the name Jacob. And she's like, oh, do we let him? Probably should pick something in between in case he needs to transition back or whatever. Right. And, right. and uh, just practically. And uh, she was kind of tormented over this for a day. And uh, she literally went, found a Bible, like, and opened it up. And that on that page was the word Jacob. Jacob. It was. I think it was the book of Jacob. The book of Jacob. Yeah. For sure. And uh, it was like just a remarkable yeah, I don't, coincidence or fate, whatever you want to call it, right? But um, anyway, it's, a, it's the best way to use story. the Bible, right? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the Imagine it. the Bible actually came in handy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, so let me. So let yeah. me ask. Just I'm just gonna, uh, you know, interject yeah. my stupid question. But summer camp. I mean, are you thinking, you know? When is is Jacob going to have an issue? Jacob's got to go change for a swim class, right? Like, yeah. is that going to be something you need to coach him through? You know what yeah. I'm asking, right? I mean, he's, he's, are you worried the other kids are going to see his private parts and realize they're not the same? Yeah. So it just it just because he's at the time only four and a half and such. Um, there's kids aren't like going into the locker room and just changing by themselves. Okay. I mean, remember yeah. when you went to the locker room and you were freaked out in middle school because it was the first yeah. time you're going to have true. to change in front of other kids. That's like that just doesn't come to later. Okay, right. Not that. So yet. it just it just hasn't been an issue yet because okay. of sure. where he is. Um, so really, what um, we yeah, so we just prepared him, cut his hair, right? We, all the counselors knew, everyone knew they were on board, supportive, right? Um, and they were you know rooting for us because mm-hmm. right? they knew that we were doing something um, that's not conventional. Uh, and um, I'll tell you. I had a kid who was who I was really worried about, like mentally, mental health stuff, right? I mean, in like a week, week and a half, not just me, but even everyone in our family and friends were like, "This is a different kid." Mm. Holy shit, this is a different yeah. kid. He'd get up early and go down and start working on his inventions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he had energy and interests, just like how you say like people who are depressed lose interest and in stuff. It was uh, suddenly like he was undepressed. He was enthusiastic about things, like, playing, like, I mean, just collecting bugs in the dirt, being, like, thriving and, like, enjoying this new identity that now fit him. And he was just loving it. What totally. does he invent? Um, I'll tell you, he is a co-inventor of this. Oh, of your uh, product. Of my product. Okay. Wow. Um, so, so Rocket Book, like, I'll, I'll tell you what that is, but I was working on a thing called Rocket Board, which was um, all about whiteboards at the time. And the whole notion was simple. You know, I like to use whiteboards. So it's an app that you basically rest your phone down on the table so it sees a regular old whiteboard, you know, regular old markers, and just kind of sees it, does some computer vision stuff, and casts it anywhere so that anyone with a link can see it in real time Hmm. and follow along with your whiteboard. Even could, it can tell that you're in the way, so it pauses it until you're out of the way, right? All that stuff. And I actually was getting it. You know, running out of money pretty quickly and financing it myself, and uh, it was kind of working. But you know, it was, we were we were a ways away from getting it to really work. And at the time, uh, Jacob was also obsessed with notebooks, and like his dresser dresser was like lined with all these. Here's his doggy notebook. Here's his crazy orange notebook. If you brought him into Staples, he'd be like, "Dad, can I get a notebook?" Like I don't know where he just thought it was like an adult thing to have a notebook. Yeah, no. And like one day I woke up and I was like, wait, maybe we could do something with notebooks, right? And uh, using the same technology that we have with the app and writing services. And so that's why I kind of call him a, uh, a co-inventor of this mm-hmm. because he definitely kind of planted a seed in my, my mind. And, um, so your, and so your product, Rocket Book, it, it looks like part notebook, part whiteboard, but if, if you don't mind that we continue to put a pin in that for one minute. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I'm taking us off track or not, but so he's... He's, he's, he's overnight. For the events, like, I mean, we go through, like, 15 things of scotch tape a month. Because <laughs> right. he is putting things together cool. in tape. He's just, anything, he's making things up, rocket ships. Um, he, he just, 
he still to this day he's always like making things and taping things together and I know straws and whatever and it's just just the enthusiasm that he was showing for life and the things that he was excited about because he no longer had this this mental overhead of dealing with this anymore mm. right and it was just night and day so and, yep I'm sorry Joe yeah. I was gonna say for his seventh birthday get him a, a carton of duct tape his, <laughs> his totally. eyes fuck out of his head oh my god like, yeah <laughs> so um, you've heard from hundreds of families who are maybe in similar situations thanking you for the courage to, to, to come up tell your story it, it inspired them have you heard from the cynics as well yeah yeah absolutely. tell us about that I bet there's been a ton of backlash a we, ton is a little heavy is it? and it all it comes in packaged in the same exact form um, my son wanted to be Batman when he was four and a half, mm -hmm. so what am I going to do? So wings on him? Or my son wanted to be a policeman when he was, so what am I going to do? Buy him some guns, right? And yeah, you had the guys on EEI get on for five minutes, two, I don't know how many minutes, but minutes about why the LeMay should have their children taken away from them and all of this stuff, right? And just go, because, you know why? Because all they did is read the headlines. That's it. And it's ignorance, right? Oh my God. See, I, of course it's ignorance. Anyone because who, they, anyone, they also, yeah. they, is even during the conversation, hey, do we know anything? No, they had only read the headlines and they were ready to have a conclusion right. and they wanted to learn nothing else whatsoever. They were ready with their verdict yeah. to decide that we were psychos and putting our children in danger. Right. Well, I remember that segment. On, on, uh, on yep. EI, I do. Yeah, yeah, Max and loves those guys. By the way, yeah. talks yeah. about them all the time. You do. Thank, uh, thanks, Dan. Oh, they're beautiful. Some of them are beautiful. We, I mean, oh, in yeah. full in full disclosure, we, we you know we've we've had a friend, our friend from EI on here, but he's a no, well, he's, he's yeah, but he's, he's not, not, he's not, he not he doesn't deal he's with not an on air guy. Um, he's so, not an on air guy. So, okay. But right now, you know, I think I think anyone, I think prejudice starts to disappear when you start being exposed to that which you are prejudiced against. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, I think that anyone who hears the story you just told would have a very, very hard time concluding that you made a bad decision, yes. or that you're psycho, yes. or there is any, or frankly, that there is any other choice that you had. That's um, right. So, yeah. so but let me, how, many, let me, how many minutes are we into it? We're like a half hour into this, right? It takes a while. Well, but right? but but actually, Joe, I would I would say that um, when when. Sarah forwarded me the the news clips and, and the and the segment that they did on, on national TV about you guys. When, when I first saw the headlines, I, I was and I consider myself pretty liberal, and, and I was very skeptical because the first thing and I'll let you sort of answer the question, although maybe you already have. I thought it's just that there has to be some age where a kid is simply too young to have figured out that he needs he or she needs to be a different gender. It, it yeah. just simply, simply, he's not a fully formed little person. So, so, I'll, so I'll go ahead and, eat, even though truth be told, you've convinced me of the converse already. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But let us let me play, you know, Jerry Callahan for a minute, just so you can answer the question. Yeah. Why is that? That sounds pretty compelling. What? How, how could convince me that a, a kid that young is a fully formed enough being to be able to make that choice? That's, a, that's a, a very challenging question, right? And so without context, it's really hard. Uh, but when you watch your, you know, like I've already said, right? When you've watched your child just completely disintegrate in front of your eyes and you're seeing a bad situation unfold, um, you want to do something about it. And mm -hmm. it's all about, right, when, you, when you're facing a tough decision like this where there's just nothing in conventional wisdom to support you in making this choice, you have to look, think deeply about it, and also we also thought deeply about, well, like harm mitigation or risk mitigation. We realized that, you know, to act con quote conservatively, um, which would have been, hey, let's wait another year. Right. Um, when you look at the statistics of all of these people who have been waiting many years of, you know, committing or attempting suicide, and I'll tell you, it's not just. A small amount who commit suicide. There are tons of teenagers last year who I read each of their stories who are transgender people who were not accepted by the family and did the unspeakable. Yeah. Right? And 
it is just like but like I said I don't believe that just cutting a kid's hair letting them transition and see how it goes is going to turn them transgender yeah right yeah I don't believe that at all and if you can I don't need data to prove that now with that out of the way now it's just a hey let's see how this goes if he also knows that if he needs to transition back he's gonna have our full support and it's gonna be in, fine in your right? in so your there heart. was just no there was just no downside in my compared to the the downside of waiting in your heart of hearts will that ever happen I don't think so. In my heart of hearts, I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. He's right? a boy, Jake. Uh, if you walked in right here, like you'd be like, "Oh, that's the boyest boy you ever." You know what I mean? Um, but it's just that's just our story. There are other kids who are who are a little bit more fluid, a little bit more. Uh, it's a little less clear, right? And mm-hmm. those kids and those parents um, have even a, a, you know, it's it's tricky. It's mm-hmm. really tricky. Um, Joe, one of the things that I saw in your family's story as I was reading different accounts was that it appeared at one time um, one of then Mia's teachers had um, discussed with you and your wife and raised the possibility, you know, maybe this is a gender identity issue. Um, That must have been incredibly comforting to you to have to have some not that you need affirmation but to have somebody who's first of all professional second objective and third who cares deeply about your child acknowledge it yeah and I'll tell you I, it wasn't at a point where we were already like saying hey this is definitely a thing and it was a little scary to hear mm-hmm. um, and you know just like everyone else in the world you, you don't like wish that this situation is like on you um and when we heard like it was miss shay she's awesome spends every day with our our kid loves loves him to death right and says you know has it ever occurred to you that maybe you know mia really thinks that Mia's is a boy and we're like just get another data point where it's harder and harder to deny and i'm you know hey I appreciate those, I can understand the people who say it's kind of impossible or hard to, um, for a kid that young to, to have this uh, decision. And I, hell, I mean, I remember back in uh, the 90s when I was working in an office complex and there was a person who transitioned, well, not in my company, I just, from a distance, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, a, um, a, uh, a transgender female, which means born a, a male, female, mm-hmm. and does not, you know, is very clearly, you know, what we in the at the at the time what people would call transvest trans uh, you know transvestites or crossdressers, right? Cross-dressers. Which is now not at all, but that's what people were. And I remember thinking to myself, well, and using the word he in my brain, um, what does he think? Does he think he's like getting away with it? Does he think he's like why? Do Who is this? he fooling? Yeah. Who is he fooling? Yeah. Right. But now I've met enough transgender people, transgender females especially, who are uh, less accepted in society and rejected and have the hardest time um, to understand that they're doing their darnest to deal with the fact that no one accepts them and they're going to live an authentic life anyway. And I've, I've, you know, literally just a few weeks ago I met someone who was 60 years old who transitioned when they were about that age after... Um, oh, transition ap- at sixty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After um, her, wait, let me get that. Her um, wife died, right? So right. and decided okay, to yes. transition to be a woman, right? Um, okay. Because finally realizing after sixty some odd years that they don't want to live as they don't want to live, live a lie anymore, and they want to live an authentic life. And now dealing, now you think, oh great, fresh start, and all. Now dealing with every interaction, being a nightmare. Yeah. But still choosing that over living a lie. Um, there's, it's a nightmare, right? It's and so the only thing that's going to fix that, you know, fixing these laws in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. which are still you know behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my, you know these these people in New York and California and Connecticut can. Um, can be at least legally protected from discrimination yes. in public places and bathrooms, et cetera, but not in Massachusetts. Right. 
we need to fix that in Massachusetts, and that'll be a good basic step. But we also just need people to understand that being transgender is real. <clears throat> it's not this thing where what do they what do they think they're trying to get away with, et cetera, et cetera. They're trying to live an authentic life is what's going on. You know, and it's hard for them, and they're courageous. I mean, one thing we didn't ask you is, did you, is this something that can be uh, diagnosed? Did you get professional advice that told you, that gave you advice on people that told you what to do, doctors or therapists or what? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Jacob is diagnosed as transgender, so to speak. It is a, um, a quote-unquote disorder, I think, in, in the uh, medical textbooks. I'm not a doctor, so I can't really lay down w how it's categorized and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, but it it appears to be have maybe endocrinological um, okay. roots, right? And so the brain develops its its identity, and they they do brain scans. So this is what they do as experiments to kind of demonstrate that someone might actually truly believe that they're transgender. Um, in some studies, is that they show, if I were, uh, Monica, right? Yes. If I were to show you pictures of women yeah. versus I showed you pictures of men, your brain would light up differently when I showed you pictures of women because right. you kind of identify with them. Right. Uh, right. Whereas I showed Dave some pictures of men, his brain would identify with them and light up differently. And Depends on what kind of men. <laughs> right. I know, but yeah, we yeah. usually get into my dating We've tried this brain scan with her. No, I'm <laughs> sorry, Joe. I hope you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, so, But they, yeah. they show that this brain identification um, is, is uh, with trans. If you show Jacob pictures of men, it would show like a, a man's brain, you know, wow. right? But that's um, a matter of identification. That's it's not a matter sexual, of identification, but it's, 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 it's uh, I believe it's. As the brain develops, perhaps in the womb, yeah. right? who knows? Um, it's not really well figured out yet. Um, that's when these parts of the brain start to develop in certain ways. And so it might have endocrinological uh, roots either in the person's body or maybe the mother's body while it's... Like, this has not been figured out yeah. yet. So there are... Yeah, I, I was just going to ask. There aren't... I imagine very few studies on this because because I'm thinking... Because... So, um, it, the question looms as to you know when a parent should and how a parent should um, specifically react to the you know what your then daughter you thought Mia yeah. what was was I mean how and you seem to have and just to underscore something you've already said is you seem to have liberated him from a lot of suffering so I, I think that's what really persuaded me yes. but the thing is like um, Without studies on this, and without you know being able to pick up like um, symptoms, I guess is the, is the word to use, right? I mean, that's is that yeah. a, that that's a sort of a agnostic uh, term, right? Um, it, just, it and then compare it perhaps to sexual orientation because there's a debate there too, yeah. right? There's, there's a debate, you know, when a, a kid you know comes to their parents at, at even ten or twelve years old and says, you know, I, I think I'm gay. Um, is the parent supposed to say, "Well, wait, you know, you're not a fully formed adult yet." Well, the reality out. is that most most kids in that can read their parents before they decide to say that, sure. and they can tell whether that would be an approved so of true. statement or not. Mm -hmm. and, so they, uh, they, so they keep it to themselves, it, and they keep it to themselves if they know that Maybe. that's the tactically smart thing to do. It, but yeah. but is it? And I, we don't have to belabor Gosh. the point. But from what you know, it is. I mean, to me, it sounds like Jacob. It, it was not a choice. He he was a boy. He just needed to be a boy, mm -hmm. and and um, from and from what you know and what you th does it happen differently with with, with sexual orientation? I mean, does does, does that? I manifest? could sit here and speculate as well yeah. as you could speculate. Right. I okay. just don't know. It sounds you know? like I mean at least from and, and I actually thought um, oh. the Bruce Jenner um, coverage was really fascinating. Sorry, um, well, when, right, but when, when yes, the, the very first, um, sorry, I'm not going to get it all right. <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate the, the vernacular is hard. And, um, yeah. when, when Caitlin's interview um, was first aired with Diane Sawyer, I was riveted by that interview largely because, um, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire where it was very conservative and, and I, you know, didn't know a whole lot about it and I felt like it was an awesome platform in which to get educated. And one of the things that was profound that's similar to what you're saying is that he um, 
I thought was really honest about the fact that he felt that gender and sexuality were two separate things and that he yeah. just didn't have, he just plumb didn't have an answer yet for the sexuality part. Right. And I thought that was really powerful and really honest about saying, hey guys, right now I know that I'm a, I'm a woman. I don't know the other part yet. And I, I, and I guess that that's the same thing we're saying here, which is that um, it, those two things may be correlated or they may not, and, or it may be something that's, that evolves. And, and that goes to my next question. I could sit here all day and I have so many questions yeah. here. Moving my yeah. head. But um, how, how do you and Mimi prepare for the future? What sort of things now do you do? Are you just so relieved? I mean, I'm sure that things are so much happier and lighter yeah. for both Jacob and your family because you guys are, um, he feels great. You feel great about your kid being yeah. happy. What sort of things are you doing? What sort of resources for people that, um, all of our listeners and that it, are, are is it going to get easier or harder? That's what I keep thinking. Is it going to get easier or yeah, is it gonna get harder? Yeah. What, what sort of resources do people have to prepare themselves mm. once they have, um, you know, sort of an identified diagnosis, if that's what you can call it, or, or, or a state that they're in now? What sort of things do you guys cleave to in order to help inform you to best um, continue doing the good work you're doing with Jacob and on behalf of him? Yeah, we we are we we're living in this sort of luxury of a few years where we don't have to think about complicated things. Like mm-hmm. I said, we cut some hair, right? We right. changed the yeah. name, we changed some clothes, right? Yeah. Um, now, if you take as a premise that a person is truly transgender, and you don't give them hormone treatment, and you force them to force or allow them to them to go through um, puberty in what they perceive as the wrong gender. Um, from the transgender people I've met with and spoken to and, and other experts, it's, I mean, imagine, imagine that, right? Imagine you believe you're a woman, but your bone structure is growing and growing. Even your facial bone structure is growing to a point where it's nearly impossible to unscramble that egg and you can never really pass as a pretty girl. Right, and that's how actually that's actually what's happened to most transgender women, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas you could have a treatment, um, so uh, if we decide if Jacob and we decide to um, pursue hormone treatment and interventions, what the first thing that we will do is have hormone blockers, right? Okay. Which essentially defer the decision. Right. So we're right. all yeah. just. Yeah. As confident as we are, is, another is, few more years is a little bit more And it's consistent with the endocrinolo- endocrinolo- endocrinology, how do you say it? Endocrinological, I don't, <laughs> know. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Yeah. yeah, whatever. What kind of company do you work for? We are lawyers. Endocrinology, but I, how, do you yeah. say, how do you say the active I have word? No idea. Whatever. Endocrinological. Endocrinological. Oh, you're right. That is a hard one. Yeah. All right, anyways. That's going to be a lot of editing for you, my friend. No, I, yeah. um, so, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll leave it in. But it's yeah. consistent with... It's consistent with that theory, right? Um, yeah. That it might be endocrinology. It's consistent yes, with the science. Yes, I He's going to answer. Well, what it, well, it is not under debate is that puberty is So, I mean, if you. So that would be on the verge of puberty that that treatment would begin? Right, right before it, right yeah. before it's detected and all okay. that. So if you truly are in your brain, if you are mentally, you know, hardwired to be a woman, it would be very uh, bad for you to um, go through puberty as a, as a boy. And that, so. that uh, I mean, you've had smart people tell you this. This is, studies have been done, et cetera. And, have, and there have been. Yeah, smart, smart people and, and people who've lived it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. even better. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I keep thinking about a running theme that I just want to throw out there. It, um, so we're four lawyers sitting here, yeah. right? And in uh, I'm a corporate lawyer, but uh, everybody, all of us, went through family law, and many of us t- touch it. You probably still see a lot of it. Oh, yes, I do. Um, and the standard, the legal standard, when you're thinking about custody and, and all kinds of things, um, family law-related when children are involved, is the best interest of the child, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know as a lawyer that I've heard a, a more profound amazing powerful case of somebody putting their child first in the best interest of their child I mean so I'm just blown away by your story just by virtue of that from a legal standpoint from an emotional standpoint um I don't know I just, it, it seems I'm, weird I'm, for me to hear that I don't like I'm in honor I'm honored that you're here I'm grateful that your voice is here for people 
Um, I feel I am a little bit more, uh, I think things happen for a reason and spiritual and, and um, I am just, I feel like our society is so blessed to have you and Mimi as voices for this and to have I Jacob. think our society is ready for it too. I really do. I think um, well, you're ready you, to listen to it. I mean, we've got now multiple celebrities who are transgender people, right? With um, Chaz Bono and the actress who's so awesome, who I can't think of her Is name. Is it Laverne Cox? Yeah, Laverne yeah. Cox. Thank yeah. you. Um, She's awesome. Connection to all things pop culture. Laverne, you know what I'm talking about, right? From Orange, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's okay. amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's fantastic. And and yeah. I have to say, I watched the show without knowing that the actress was transgender. I just thought it was, she was an amazing actress or actor. And I then I couldn't figure out which she was. And I was like, well, you know, maybe that's the point, you know? <laughs> so, Sarah, you're going to say something? Sorry. Yeah, so... Um, a little known fact. So my uh, 22-year-old drives a 16-year-old Honda, which finally gave up the ghost. So <laughs> That was to, your record-setting Honda, right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, how many well, miles? No, that was my mother's. I bought a lemon oh. from my mother. Um, how many miles? <laughs> That's not, many uh, not that many, but it's a 2000 Honda Accord. Oh. So to my daughter's chagrin, because she's a public school teacher um, and has no money, I drive her to school every day. So we, from her apartment to Malden, listen to CNN. I'm completely obsessed with everything that has to do with the upcoming election, and I can listen to it all day. Um, What I have been hoping is that as one discriminatory law after another is put into effect in the South, that we, meaning the rest of the civilized world, will sort of respond in kind by going as far the other way as we possibly can in terms of being inclusive, understanding, supportive, et cetera. Um, But Joe, you and your wife have been very active in Massachusetts politics on this topic. Can you tell the listeners where are we now in the Commonwealth? Because I I can't even follow what's going on at this point. It's very hard to follow. Um, I will take a few minutes to kind of clarify what's going on. Please do. I think it needs to be clarified. And uh, it's it's frustrating. And okay, so give me a minute or two here to give a preamble. So we like preambles. Okay. If so, an employee in this firm or any other place, if they are transgender, they they cannot be hired or fired because of that, right? Um, They're protected, just like a gay person or a black person is protected for being fired for that. Um, But they can go down to the restaurant there and be denied service. Right, um, that's that's called public accommodate. And so, just for transgender people, um, there was there was legislation that pr- uh, protected people um, in public accommodations. Except when it was passed in Massachusetts, they carved out transgender accommodations. Right, and so there's so they can be denied service for being transgender, and also you know the bathroom is such a big big issue in people's mind. Right, so they. Um, can be kicked out of many establishments for um, for choo- choosing the bathroom. This is a leather chair, I swear. Uh, <laughs> for choosing a, a, uh, a lot this is he's talking about the bathroom. <laughs> We're talking about the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Perfect. 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 Uh, j- yeah, they can be basically kicked out, and this is um, a a huge problem for transgender people yeah. who are when they go to the mall to to and they go up to the cashier to buy a dress, like, mm-hmm. they may get a real face. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time, right? When they go into the bathroom, it's like a fucking nightmare for them. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. taking the one the one yeah. of the most uncomfortable things for them and highlighting yeah. it. Totally. Which is so unfair. Like, it's just... And so this is not a problem in some other states, some progressive states like California, like Connecticut, like New York, who have public accommodations protections for transgender people it's straightforward, it's common sense, um, and also, it, you know, in those states, it hasn't been a pandemonium of perversion where people are putting on dresses and going to ladies' rooms and peeping over the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there are certain organizations that are, quote, family value organizations. We know that they just use that as a veil for bigotry, yeah. right? And they would like to create this fear, uncertainty, and doubt and just get people concerned about this. The great thing is... It's not working in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is ready for this legislation. One of my friends is Joe Kennedy. He's been a champion of this, right? Um, the, and so we have a bill, and Maura Healy, right? total champion of this. Most of the residents 
and citizens of Massachusetts are ready to, for this. Bob DeLeo, also, you know, our, our Speaker of the House, is totally for this, right? Um, Stan Rosenberg, you know, head of our Senate, totally for this. And we have a majority in the House, in the Senate, in Massachusetts, to pass this. Wait a minute, there's something standing in the way here at all? Whoa, what do you know? Yeah, you think? So there's this... There's one reason why this bill isn't passed, and this isn't being spoken about that much, but it's becoming obvious and clear, right? And his name is Charlie Baker, mm -hmm. and that's it. He's the only holdout on this bill. Hmm. So he gets on the news and says, I look forward to reviewing this legislation if and when it gets to my desk, and I don't think anyone in the state of Massachusetts should be discriminated against, all right? Now, when I talk to my friends in legislature, um, it, here's the real story. is He's going out there and saying that. Behind closed doors, he's saying, all right, carve out the bathrooms, carve out the locker rooms. Maybe we can give them 95% of what they want. Mm -hmm. Okay? So he's being disingenuous when he gets on these, you know, these news programs and says this. And... You know, that's why he got booed off the stage Wednesday at the Spirit Boston event, right? And that's why he got um, invitations and honors rescinded from LGBT uh, associations in the last week. And he's, the reality is, he's saying he's going to veto this. So now Bob DeLeo and Stan Rosenberg and all of these people now have a bigger chore on their hand to not just get majority, which they already have, but now to get supermajority. Meanwhile, my son and other transgender people who've been really taking this on and, and families and individuals who care about this shouldn't have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. This is common sense stuff. But there really is one reason why, and it's because, you know, these people who are, quote, pro-family, are so thankful of our governor for blocking this and doing it in a way that doesn't necessarily draw attention to him, but the charade is up. Mm. We all know it's up. That's mm. why he's getting booed off the stage. That's why the transgender community is not the only community that's shunning him, but the whole LGBT community. Um, and it's really hard for him to get up there in these press conferences and I'll tell you, the guy was shaking in his boots on Wednesday night. He had to get off that stage really fast. <laughs> he really did. And, uh, and in my opinion, it's progress if we go on record and call a spade a spade and, and everyone understands that Charlie Baker is the one who is not giving his support on this bill and therefore stalling it. So... Um Thank you for that. Which was, which I'm persuaded. I don't have a devil's advocate question because I agree. Does anyone have a devil's advocate question? I don't have a devil's where, advocate where, question. I have one thing to tell you, though. Which you you got to be quick because I got to go pick up my kids. I'm like, good. So, the office where um, Joe and I work, um, our CEO, Tim Rowe, who, who owns eight or nine floors of the building, um, we actually have an affirmative policy in our, in and outside of our restrooms saying, Go wherever you want to, and I'm not. I haven't seen another place in mm -hmm. town that actually has an affirmative policy. Mm -hmm. But you um, have to go in the bathroom. You can't just go like on the floor. That's correct. Okay, so That's good. Before we I, before we end, I'm sorry. Yeah, go can, ahead. Can we? Can you just do um, a quick? Tell us quickly. What yeah, I was gonna doing. do. I was gonna do two minutes on the rocket book. I'm no, sorry, we don't have. Sorry, sorry, we don't have more. We can do it another time. No, I just want yeah, give us the elevator. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, confine, I, don't confine yourself to two minutes. Okay. No, no, he has to because I have to go pick up my kids. Okay, We're that's important. Kids get wet. Okay, I'm gonna punch you. Two minutes. Good. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> awesome. So this is this is rocket book. It's a paper and pen notebook. That's all it is. Paper and pen notebook. But it's got some really cool properties to it. We said, hey, how can we take the regular paper and pen notebook and make it totally innovative? So the first thing we did is, you know, this notebook, when you write with the pen that comes with it, and you can also get these pens down the street at Walgreens. They're made by Pilot. They've got a heat-sensitive ink mm -hmm. in them. So write in your notebook, pop it in the microwave, and it all erases when you're done. Can I have right? that notebook? Wait, hold on. Right? So you write on it when you're taking notes. You write on it when you're taking notes. You're and all good. Then, yeah. But then when you want to reuse the notebook, you pop it in the microwave for yeah. a bit, right? Okay. But you're like, wait, 
what happened to all my notes? Right, what happened? Well, we got a companion app for you. Mm -hmm. So as quickly as you can flip through the pages, just hold it over, flip, flip, flip. It's using some computer vision and image enhancement yes. to capture all the pages. Picture, yeah. Not only captures them, but organizes them in the services you already use, like Dropbox, like Google, yes. like etc. Mm -hmm. So when I mark this little symbol here and I scan it in, it goes right to my you know, client meeting notes hmm. in Dropbox without me having to this do anything This is the best nerd Boom, notebook done. I want. Okay, yeah. hold on. So. It, what, if what, you leave, what if you leave in your car on, on the, and it's like 80 degrees Oh, out. stop it. It's, it's, 140 degrees Fahrenheit is the temperature. Okay, so we're not Maybe Florida. if you're like at the equator on yeah. a really hot so day. You're, you um, I just want to emphasize that this one is mine. I is, hold Joe, on. I think it's actually All of you shush. I want one too. <laughs> Come by 50 Milk Street in our offices and uh, we'll, we'll give you some. But it. hold up. Is, are, is it for sale? It is getrocketbook.com. Okay. It's available Get. for twenty-seven bucks for pre-order right now. Okay. We've getrocketbook.com. Yeah. Did you do yeah. Kickstarter so, or did you guys, or, or is it totally separate from? We that? did Kickstarter. We did Indiegogo. We've done it all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love it. We sold fifty thousand of these so yes. far in the past year. About, about twenty-seven bucks, you said. Is that twenty-seven bucks. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have investors like a VC investors or? Not yet. No. Yeah. They should. We need to have you <laughs> come back. We're, we're, in the, have we're in the TechStars program, which is a. Startup accelerator. There are only investors so far, and uh, we need yeah. to have you come back and talk about. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So, so Joe Lemay, we'll have you, CEO of Rocketbooks. No, well, Rocket Innovations is the name of the company. The product is the Rocketbook. Is it the Rocketbook Wave or is it the Rocketbook? The Rocketbook Wave is the microwavable version. Oh, microwavable. Yep. Okay. Sarah is holding my. I love it. The other one you have to right. fire too. Holding my. You can see All it right. every day. And I'm sorry we gave that part of the show short shrift, Joe, but the rest of your story was yeah. so amazing. Yes. Was he the best we've ever I mean, I've been the best guest yeah. we ever had. Yeah, I'm giving you the applause you. sound effect, Joe, and real applause. All right. No, but thank you. I mean, uh, we'll have to have Joe back and talk more about his company and, and update us on uh, that young man who seems destined for greatness. So, but thank you for sharing your story. It was amazing. Thanks, sir. We're shaking yeah. hands. You thank can't you. see, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, join us next time on the Boston Podcast and check out all of our past episodes at thebostonpodcast.com. See ya.